Today I'm sitting down to talk with my friend and local farmer, Sarah George. She owns DNS Gardens, where she grows amazing fruits and vegetables, along with the help of her children and husband. She is a very passionate local foods advocate, and it shows through everything she's involved with. She manages the Wabasha Farmer's Market. She's on the board for Lake Pepin Local Foods. She created the Wabasha Food Access Network. She's the Southeast Regional Coordinator for the Minnesota Food Charter. She's the Vice President of the Minnesota Farmer's Market Association. She's a food safety trainer for the Food Moder- Safety Modernization Act, and so much more. We talk about farm to school, farmer's markets, all sorts of great things. If it involves local food, Sarah George is involved in it. Um, I hope you really enjoy this episode. She is just a delight to talk with and full of so much great information. Hi, this is Amy. Welcome to Whole Health Radio. We're so glad you're joining us. Sit down, grab a cup of tea, and relax while I talk with leaders in the fields of nutrition, integrative and functional medicine, and wellness, bringing you up-to-date information to help you live a whole, vibrant life starting now. Welcome to Whole Health Radio. Today I have Sarah George with me from DNS Gardens, and I'm so excited to talk with her about local food. So first, Sarah, let's have you introduce yourself. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, Amy. I'm Sarah George, and I am a farmer over here in Pepin, Wisconsin. I live uh, just four short miles outside of town. Um, we do farm to school, farm to hospital, and farm to restaurant with, um, with our farm. I also run the farmer's market in Wabasha. Um, I'm the vice president of the Minnesota Farmers Market Association. I am the Southeast Regional Coordinator for the Minnesota Food Charter. Um, I am on the Lake Pepin Local Food Group board. I'm also on the, we created this great team over in Wabasha. We have um, what's called the Wabasha Food Access Network. I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, And then I'm also a food safety trainer for the farmers in Minnesota and in Wisconsin. So you are into a little bit of everything. I am. <laughs> and you are doing it all. If it comes from local food, if it involves local food, I feel like I should be there. And so it's it's interesting. Actually, I didn't say that I work at Harborview Cafe, but it's kind of fun. I harvest the produce in the morning and I bring it to work with me. And then I work at Harborview throughout the day. Oh and gosh. I think that's really neat where you get to see the food from the fields into um, the restaurants and then getting it right into um, and watching it go out on plates as they're serving it oh, in the evening. It's awesome. That's amazing. I just saw an article this week that said something about, you know, it's spring when Harbor is opening. <laughs> it's coming soon. <laughs> March 15th. We're getting ready. We just need all the snow to melt so we can get growing. <laughs> I was looking at parking. It's going to be an issue this year. <laughs> yep. So... Um, can you tell me a little bit how you got into farming and how you got into local foods? What made you want to be a farmer? Absolutely. So I grew up gardening with my mom, had a lot of, a lot of fun with it. Um, and we had a small garden here, um, when we moved out to the country, um, 2009, we moved out into the country. Um, and the first thing we did was put in small gardens and I ended up getting, um, bit by a snake 
in their front yard. It was crazy and um, just a freak ordeal. I was pulling cattails out of the pond and got bit by a snake and I got really, really, really sick. Um, I went to the doctor um, after volunteering at a vineyard over in Wabasha. Um, the, the owner of the vineyard was a um, RN for the Wabasha mm -hmm. Hospital and she said, Sarah, I don't know what's going on, but you're limping something fierce. Have you been to the doctor? And I just said, oh, just look the other way, just look the other way. And she says, no, I, you're volunteering at my farm. I got to ask what's going on. So she convinced me to go in. And after almost two years of seeing a doctor, um, they discovered that I had 18 tumors in my abdominal cavity. Oh, my gosh. But it took two full years to doctor and 62 doctor appointments before they realized that. And so... Those two years were really, really hard for me. The only time um, that I felt like I could really push forth was um, I was in such a depression and there was anxiety. I was nervous about everything. I was in pain from my chin down. And so the only thing that got me moving was um, gardening. Oh. And so Doug just kept planting more and more and more stuff oh. in the gardens. Um, and back then, we had 36 tomato plants, and I thought, what are we going to do with all the produce from these 36 tomato plants? And so I ended up going to the farmer's market, and I loved it. And um, boy, that first year, I, we, I think we only attended the market for two months, and the market manager at the time said, well, I'm sorry to let you all know that we're going to be closing the market after this year unless somebody comes forward to volunteer. And I went home that night and thought about it and thought about it, and I called her the next morning, and I said, we can't let the market close. I'll run it. I'll figure out a way to do this. I'll run that market. And that's how I ended up getting into farmer's markets. Oh, my gosh. What an amazing story. That's incredible. And that's I've known Sarah for a little bit, and I didn't know that at all. So... Wow. So, and just when you tell that story, I can see your eyes light up and I can see your passion for gardening come out. Um, and so basically the farmer's market was going to close. You stepped up and said, Hey, I'll be the market manager. Is it kind of what you expected or what have you learned along the way as market manager? Oh, heavenly days. Being a market manager is so much more than I had ever anticipated. Um, that first year, um, when we, well, Back to when I got bit by the snake. Mm -hmm. We ended up on um, EBT ourselves. We ended up losing North American Sales Group and our North American Energy Group at the time. Doug had an energy efficient lighting business. And actually, I was surprised at how complicated it was um, to find fresh, healthy foods locally mm -hmm. um, without when, when you had EBT and WIC. Um, and so one of the first things I wanted to do at the farmer's market was make sure that we were able to accept EBT and SNAP and applying for that was, um, it was a longer process than I had anticipated and we had to get a lot of things set up. We got our bylaws in order. You had to have bylaws in order to do it. You had to have, um, a board of directors and when I was when I volunteered for the farmer's market, I was handed a three-ring binder and was told good luck. <laughs> oh, 
It was full of bank <laughs> statements and somebody that was willing to do some advertising for us, and that was all I was given. Oh, and really? now we have a trailer full of supplies. You know, we we accept EBT debit and credit. Mm-hmm. And the EBT is like food stamps, That's right? food stamps, so, absolutely. Yep. So it was... Um, electronic benefit transfer is what that stands for, and we're able to accept food stamps. Not only can we accept food stamps, but we can double any dollars that are spent on food stamps here at our farmer's market. And so, oh. it's and a, is that all farmer's markets or just this one specifically? So there's 94 farmer's markets in the state of Minnesota that accept EBT, and they're able to double um, with a, a grant through the state of Minnesota through Hunger Solutions. Um, So you can buy $10 worth of produce, or or run your card for $10, and you'll actually receive $20 worth of tokens that you can spend at the farmer's market. Oh, what an amazing way to encourage healthy food and great, you know, choices to be able to shop from your local farmer and benefit your community as well. I think it makes a really big difference, and we're really blessed. I began working um, with uh, the, the food pantry and social services, public health, and WIC. Um, we worked with the workforce development um, and anybody that's touching any families that are in need. And we started talking about what what can we do? What can we do to make it easier for you to have access to local food? And um, and that's where the Wabasha Food Access Meeting started taking place. And now we get together quarterly and we discuss some of the different ways that we can introduce healthy eating into our community, um, not only with um, low-income families, but with all families, seniors and, and families with children. Um, so we started working with the WACRC, which is the Wabasha Area Community Resource Center. And um, they're the ones, they're running the Common Closet down there on Main Street. Okay. And uh, right next to Silver Star Saloon. Okay. And they offer grants to help um, families in the community. So they've helped us with our EBT program. They help us pay for the machines. um, And just like any other machine, uh, wireless machine, you have to pay a monthly service fee. And so the Wabasha Area Community Resource Center has helped us with that. They've also helped us with one program that's really near and dear to my heart, and it's our POP program. Up here in the Midwest, POP sounds like it's a soda pop, (laughs) but really it's the power of produce where we're encouraging our children between the ages of 4 and 12 um, to come down to the farmer's market and start choosing healthy foods. Um, So every time they come down to the market, Wednesday through or Saturday, they can come down twice a week, they're going to receive a free $2 token no strings attached, um, with the exception of, I guess there is one, there's one. The kids have to do all of the shopping themselves. The parents aren't allowed to say a word. I love that. That is such a neat program, and what a great way to get kids involved and interested in the market. I think anytime you give kids a token or money or anything and tell them to go shopping, they're going to have fun with that. We're seeing kids that are choosing eggplant and cabbage and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and leaving with gigantic smiles on their faces. Last year I had a mom come up to me and she said, she's shaking her head, closing her eyes as she's leaving the market because her daughter (laughs) chose eggplant and she didn't know what to do with it. And 
because of the joy in her daughter's eyes, she was looking up a recipe for eggplant to figure out, or can she use this thing? And she came back the following week looking for more because she found a recipe and she loved it herself. Oh, that's exciting. That's awesome. That's, that's exciting. Yeah, so you're not only influencing the children, but then you're influencing their parents as well. And we're finding that the parents are buying more at the farmer's market because sure. they're coming down for this $2 token. So it's a win-win-win for the yeah. community by offering these vouchers. It's pretty awesome. Well, I know I went to my doctor's office last year, and I know it was a, a kind of project where the hospital had bought some tokens as well. Yes. And so at the doctor's office, we went in for a visit with my daughter, and they gave us a token for the farmer's market because it was going on that day. And they said, you know, would you guys use this? And it was, I think, a $2 token. And because we got it that day, it spurred me to think, oh, yeah, the farmer's market is going on. And we went down and visited you. And But I thought, oh, my gosh, what a neat way for the community to support the farmer's market and also for the you know, doctor's offices or hospitals to be encouraging eating whole food and eating local food. Absolutely. And I think there's a really big connection between healthy eating and hospitals because I always joke when I, when I have, um, social media at the, at the farmer's market, I always joke by saying you could visit the pharmacy, (laughs) P-H-A-R-M, or you can visit the pharmacy, F-A-R-M dash I-S-E. I seriously want to have a sign at the Wabasha Farmer's Market that says the pharmacy. Yeah. Um, I just feel like if you are able to put healthy foods into your body, you're going to have better results and and you're going to feel good. You're going to, everything is going to feel better. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I mean, they say food is medicine all the time and that's really what it comes down to. So I guess we've been talking about it a lot, but let's get down to the question, why local food? Like, what's important about buying local? You know, I have a strong belief in um, knowing your farmer and knowing your food is is the best thing for you. Um, when you know how your farmer is growing that food and know how that farmer is um, out in their fields, it, it gives you a better understanding of what goes into our foods. I've gone um, to numerous schools across the state of Minnesota talking about farm to school and some of the things that I think is missing is that link of where our food actually comes from. And there are many kids throughout this state that believe that carrots are actually really supposed to come in a bag that are an inch and a half long (laughs) and they're nice and smooth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They have no idea what to do with a whole carrot. They have no idea. And I think that we need to go back in time. Instead of pushing forth with all the technology, look at how our grandparents did it and how our great-grandparents did it. There was nothing, organic wasn't a thing back then because they didn't use chemicals back then. We didn't have to worry about that. Not that I want to go into chemicals, but if you know your farmer, you'll understand food and nutrition and the value of that. And the other thing is, is that when you go to a grocery store, You fill up your cart with the groceries that you need for the week, but you don't leave with that whole amazing feeling that you do when you go to a farmer's market. It's more of a community event than it is a shopping trip. There's something special about any farmer's market, whether you know the people or not. Just seeing who did, who made that food, who harvested that food, who grew that food. 
That's the perfect way to put it. I think when I go there, you see the pride that people have about what they've grown. And I think you feel it's a different energy. Like when you go to a grocery store or whatever, the food doesn't have the same energy that, you know, fresh food that was picked that morning or the evening before has. And when someone's there who actually has worked hard to grow it and bring it to you and it's really proud of what they have, I don't think that can be beat. I agree. I agree. As a farmer, I know that we are not in it to be millionaires. Um, it's not one of those positions where I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> you're in it because of pride and passion. Right. And that passion is so powerful. When you're at the farmer's market, it just pours out of the vendors. And you see it. And it makes you have a whole new respect for the food that you're putting on your plate for dinner. And that's we've been talking a lot on Whole Health Radio about being nourished. And I think that's part of being nourished is having respect for the food, for the farmer, having gratitude for everything and all the work that goes into it and being connected with all of that. Absolutely. And I think another thing that kind of comes up is just the nutritional value. Like food that's shipped from all over the world loses nutrition the longer it sits in trucks and everything else. So as far as health goes, I think the fresh stuff, you know, has way more health benefits um, than things that have been sitting on the shelf for a long time. Absolutely. One of the facts that we pulled up for the Minnesota Farmers Market Association was that your tomato that's in a grocery store has been touched 34 times before it hits your plate oh my by gosh. 34 different people on average. And I thought, that is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. If you're at a farmer's market, your farmer or maybe their husband or child helped harvest that or box it up or put it in the vehicle. And then you. Yeah. I mean, that you know where that came from. A lot of foods that's in the vehicle is ripening in the vehicle. They're putting gases in it to make it ripen or to make it hold its not ripened state until it gets to the store. I'm uncomfortable with that. Right. Well, and so let's get into a little bit. I have two places I want to go with this. Sure. So first, you mentioned children. So we got to talk about your yes. daughter and how she kind of is involved with farming. So let's go there first. Absolutely. So my daughter was born and pretty much raised in the field. And I have two beautiful boys that are 22 and 18. Um, I did home daycare with them, but we didn't farm with them. And I can totally see the difference of starting from a young age. Faith is six years old and she just wants to eat farm fresh foods every day. It's actually challenging um, to find the foods for her. We have to pack a lunch every day. Um, she'll tell me in the morning, I've got to go to the fields. I've got to get kale. I've got to get spinach. Um, I have to tell you, when she was like, two and a half she disappeared we had just put in a high tunnel and i had planted a row of spinach out in the field and i went to the bathroom and i came out and she was gone and i was looking all over for her and here she was in her pajamas in a robe and slippers in the high tunnel picking kale or picking spinach in november oh she had got out by herself <laughs> but that fresh flavor when it's fresh out of the field is second to none and our kids are getting used to the flavor of, of, let's say, Brussels sprouts from California. 
I don't know if you've grown, I know you've got lots of garbage, <laughs> but Brussels sprouts don't taste as good until they get that frost. Right. If we're getting them from California, how are they tasting? Yeah. They don't have the frost. No. And that's where people get so pushed off. Brussels sprouts make them nervous. But if we introduce our kids to local foods that has that immense flavor um, and quality, they're going to want that more. And I see that with my own kids. I have two that are older and one younger. The one that was younger, being raised in the field, loves her fresh produce. Oh, I love that. I hope my daughter ends up being like that oh, when she's will. that age. <laughs> she is now, but oh, oh that's just awesome. That has to make <laughs> you so proud. And that's, so, um, as far as having your daughter involved and, you know, learning to eat healthy, how does that influence like what you're doing day to day with her outside in the garden. Yeah, so I often get her involved not only in the planting of the seeds and planting it, um, we plant them indoors, planting it outside in the fields um, and watering. She loves watering everything, of course. Um, who doesn't? <laughs> but a mess. But you have to be okay with that mess because then you're encouraging healthy behaviors from a very young age. And so um, I, I do. I encourage her. It makes me slow down. Um, but we all need that in our lives. And so having her involved from the seed to the harvest um, makes her more encouraged to help me cook it. And now she's actually engaging in cooking in meal planning with um, with us so that she can become involved she's invested in it now and it matters yeah oh absolutely and that's I think cooking is one of those things that kids don't necessarily learn anymore but is so so valuable there's way too many boxed meals and if we could go back to actually looking at the ingredients Back like when grandma and great grandma yeah. um, had things, they didn't have access to the boxes. Some of this new technology is really taking us a little too far away from grandma and grandpa and, yeah. and great grandma. Yeah. If and it has a list of ingredients, maybe that's the <laughs> sign there's a problem. <laughs> right? And there's the flavor difference is astronomical, but the nutritional difference blows my mind. And so I just find that it's really important. If we can keep those healthy meals on those tables, it'll teach them from a young age. And it's even better. They get their fingers in the dirt. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about the Lake Pepin Local Food Group. That's something we're both involved with. We're both on the board, full disclosure. Yep. (laughs) So we're both fully supportive and love it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But go ahead and tell us a little bit about that. So the Lake Pepin Local Food Group began, oh boy, three or four years ago now um, with a group of citizens of local community members that just cared about local foods. And it's so exciting. It just makes me smile because it's just this amazingly passionate group um, of farmers, of restaurants, of buyers, of community members, of chefs, of um, um I, there's artsy. It's just an yeah, amazing everybody. group of people that get together that say, hey, local food matters to us and it matters to our community and we want to do everything we can um, to encourage it and to support it. And so um, 
a few years back, we all got together. We do community meals and community potlucks and throw ideas out. All these ideas begin <laughs> popcorning out of control. And so we had um, the University of Wisconsin Extension come in and help us write a mission statement. And this past year, we legally formed into an LLC and began aggregating. And I think that that's a really, really big positive step for us here in Lake Pepin Local Food Group. Yeah, so can you explain a little bit about the aggregation? I would love to. So aggregation is where we're able to combine produce from multiple farms, and we're actually not limiting it to just produce. We can, um, we had pizza crust available, we had, um, Yarn. Flowers. There was <laughs> yarn available. Yeah. Um, I'm talking with farmers that are interested in putting their cattle, their beef, and their pig um, up on the sales platform. So they're, we're able to aggregate or combine produce from multiple farms and make it available to the community um, through an online sales platform. Um, and so you're able to see exactly which farm any of these goods came from. You can see how much of it is available. You can see the price, and if there's price discounts for quantity. And, um, and so the, the long story, the short story of the long story is that you're able to see what's available from local farms and order from each of the individual farms in one purchase. And I would be, um, I am currently the one that is delivering I would aggregate this at my house or combine it at my house into a box that would work for your order and I would deliver it to your door. Which is amazing. So it's kind of like a you choose your own CSA type of thing. Absolutely. So you're supporting multiple farms potentially and then Sarah's getting the orders from all those farms, putting them into a box and delivering them to your door. Or having, or having you pick, pick it up. Yep, you can also pick it up at my home, which is a short four mile drive from Pepin. And I think that is really what we needed. Cause one thing, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way is you see farms around that are amazing, but you maybe don't know how to access them, where they sell their produce. One thing here is a lot of the farms sell their produce up in the bigger cities. So locally, we were kind of limited in what you could buy as far as produce goes. So this gives us a platform for A, the farmers to be able to sell it locally, which is a lot easier um, in some regard. Absolutely. That you don't have to do the traveling to the other places. Um, and then B, it keeps the money here too in the community. So you're able to spend your money here and actually see families here benefit from it. It's a big win. And you know, in the beginning, I always felt like I wanted to support this farmer and that farmer, but I never was able to get over to this farmer or this farmer. And so now I myself have placed orders on the sales platform so that they could just bring it to my house and I would aggregate it. Um, it to me, it just is a win-win-win for our community and I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's such an amazing project and I'm excited for another year. We're doing this now, not only just here in Pepin, we're also doing this at 10 farmers markets across the state of Minnesota. So we're doing this in Wabasha and Lake City, Cannon Falls, Rochester, um, and a whole bunch of, of northern ones, but those are the ones that are down in our listening area down here. And so um, I think it's really exciting. Um, not only are we doing the aggregation with the farms, we're also doing 
market share boxes. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about that. So I love this idea. Go ahead and tell us about the market share box. A market share box is a little bit, it's, it's very similar to a CSA. It's a, a swing off of a CSA, if you will, um, where it's a CSA box, but it's an aggregated CSA from multiple farms. So just like we're getting the produce from these farms um, for the specific orders, we're also getting um, quantities of produce that we can separate and put into CSA type boxes and deliver throughout the community. This year, um, we're looking at getting um, we're looking at getting uh, boxes dropped off. Um, some drop sites. My farm is going to be a drop site in Pepin. Um, we're also going to have a drop site. I believe Stockholm Pie Company is going to be a drop site for us. I just need to confirm that with Steve over there. And um, we're gonna do a few drop sites over in Wabasha so that we can have those CSA style boxes delivered either to your workplace or to someplace near your um, home in your community. Well, and that's, I love, I know some of my coworkers did the boxes last year and they would even split them among themselves, but I think it kind of pushes people a little bit to think outside the box and be creative with recipes and things. but also it's a fun way to know every week you're getting fresh local produce and then you find new recipes. If you're splitting it with someone, you know, you guys can figure out what you like or don't like and kind of split it up that way. But it's just a neat, it's a neat thing. And the box is, I think, reasonable for as much produce as you get. And again, you're supporting so many local farms. I had so much fun delivering to the local jail for the last couple of years. Um, they would come running to the front door. I would text her when I would leave. Um, I would leave the social services building to after their drop site, and I would go over to the jail to deliver. And they would just be standing by the door with their empty boxes waiting to hand them to me. And I'm telling you, they were jittery. They were so excited to see what was in the box this week. Because you get new things. Dragon's tongue beans, for example. And... Um, fennel and kohlrabi and just things that you wouldn't normally pick yourself and celeriac and you try different things and you realize they're incredible and it was fun they we had a lot of fun with it that's awesome so um as far as um kind of wild dreams go. I know you've got a ton of stuff going on right now, but if you had a wild dream for 2019, what would you say that is? I would love to see more farmers on the sales platform so that we can really, really push this aggregation project um, to the level that it, that the potential that this aggregation project has. I think our biggest issue is getting more farmers on um, because the demand is there. the The community is loving this adventure, and um, I would love to see more involvement with that. Not only with the farmers, but even with others that are interested in learning more about it. Yeah, and um, local restaurants are another avenue that we have um, to sell to for the sales platform, which is amazing. So having the farmers there to supply the produce is huge. So I'm excited about yeah. that. So that's my goal: is to really push that forth. I'm also looking at putting in some perennials this year. I'm excited about them. And taking ideas if anybody has any. (laughs) I've already been pitching pawpaw trees to her. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone has any more, you know, 
normal ideas <laughs> than papa trees. But I personally would like you to grow, grow papa trees. I think we're sold on it. We've been looking at them. Oh, good. Um, so one other question I wanted to ask you, and this is like something I'm super passionate about too, and I know you are, is the farm to school work that you do. Absolutely. So farm to school is a really exciting thing that's happening um, up more and more these days. Um, I'm excited about seeing farm to school as active in places like Minneapolis Public Schools where they're serving 36,000 meals a day and doing farm to school for every one of them um, to schools that are implementing school gardens and um, have, teaching the kids how to do this in their schools. Um, but advocating for farm to school, I think the most important part is advocating that it's not just getting the food from the local farms into the school, but it's about educating the kids. It's about educating the staff that's in the kitchen and working with them to empower them with ideas and the desire, the drive to get um, farm fresh foods into those um, locations. It's really it's not an absolutely simple thing to do. There's so many uh, moving parts when it comes to farm to school mm -hmm. that if we can work together and build a community around it, it's definitely something that is a win-win for a community. Yeah, well, and it's so exciting to me to hear that it's starting to come to fruition because it's something I know I've been hearing about for a long time. And as a mother, both of us mothers with yes. children that are going to school, the last thing I really want is my daughter going to school and having to eat all this horrible processed food when at home I'm really trying to teach good nutrition, teach her how to cook, teach her to enjoy vegetables, and then you go to school and have pizza and chicken nuggets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think having fun to school and really like being authentic in like what what we're teaching our kids and what we're feeding our kids so that they're able to perform at their highest level and be well nourished and grow up to be healthy adults is just so important. I agree. So there's there's different programs that are, are so exciting. Like in Pepin here, they have what's called Kids in the Kitchen, where they're teaching kids how to cook things in the kitchen. Um, and they bring in, let, let's say they'll bring in farm fresh tomatoes and peppers. Um, they reached out to me to ask if I could donate some to them. And it was amazing to hear what they were doing. Um, and they were making homemade salsa at that time and um, having, having um, they were doing, in, in Minneapolis, I love that they do this, they have a farmer trading cards. Um, I think that's exciting. So instead of having baseball trading cards, they're trading cards with farmers, um, and it shows pictures of their farm and what the items they oh, grow cool. and how long they've grown. So it gets people really excited. We need more farmers. There's not enough farmers out there, and if we can get our kids excited, about farming and about growing their own food, um, that would be a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is so exciting. It's a little challenging with farm to school um, in the sense that most gardens are in the field and are in the summertime up here. They're in the summertime. And when you have the summer crops, there's no school. Right. And so trying to overcome that obstacle and thinking of creative ways that we can get our foot in the door. Um, and I think a simple way of doing that is getting farmers into the schools to work with the kids. 
Because farmers, again, are doing it for passion. Yeah. They love what they do. They do what they love. And, and if they can encourage one child um, out in their fields, then then they've done a good thing. Yeah, and I think connecting with teachers, too, who understand that, you know, powerful connection and being able to connect the two. So being able to connect the teachers with the farmers, it just is a really good uh, way to collaborate. I agree. One time I had uh, a family come up. I I have to share a story because it has been one that has been really full of meaning for me. Um, I was running the information booth at the Wabasha Farmers Market, and at the information booth, we do the debit cards and credit cards. We do the WIC, um, vouchers and everything, and the POP. And um, I had a family come up, and they were really excited about getting some fresh produce for the day. Um, The little boy was excited about raspberries, and the little girl couldn't wait. Her dad was going to give her the matching vouchers for um, the market bucks. And... Um, the card had been spent for the month and it was sad and I said you know do you guys have plans for the weekend and on a whim and he said you know I don't and I said how about this how about we trade you can come and take as much produce as you want from the farm in exchange for harvesting or for helping me um, weed the fields I have a lot of weeds going out of control welcome to (laughs) farming and I'll exchange it so they came out that following Saturday, and I'll never forget it. I have two black labs that run through the field, that run through my yard. Um, they stay out of the field. I've trained them. I say garden, and they go. They stay out. They know better. Well, my my poor black labs were so <laughs> excited that day because we had company, and they were chasing the, the, the these two children around. And all of a sudden, the little boy was lying on the ground and screaming for his dad. And I got panicked. I thought, what did my dog do? I really was nervous. And I went running over there and, and I got over there and this little boy looks at me and he's, I had no idea this is how Brussels sprouts grew. <laughs> he was so excited about Brussels sprouts. Oh. And he couldn't wait to try them. And I thought, this, I asked, is this the first time that you have seen a farm, any fields, any produce grown? Do you have access to a garden? And they didn't. And um, since then, I've stayed in touch with the family. They have this beautiful garden at their apartment that they've worked um, with their manager to put in. And they oh, are cool. now growing farm fresh prudes in their backyard at an apartment complex. And it, it, it that has stuck to me. This... These kids are so impressionable, and if we can teach them from a a young age to begin getting that excitement of growing that produce and learning it and seeing the magic of putting a seed in the ground, and then, you know, weeks or months later, being able to um, harvest that and put it in your, on your plate, you know, bring it in and cook with it. it, it's it's magical, and I, I love that. that. Oh, that's awesome. And that's what connection's all about. I think you can't beat that feeling of making that connection and really, like, uh, you just, I, 
That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But it made me so happy. I think of that story all the time, and I think of the impression that one day made. Yeah. And on a whim, I had just said, what are you doing this weekend? I had overgrown weeds. I mean, welcome to farming. Yeah. <laughs> and who doesn't have that issue in the field? But it's not a problem. Look at it as a positive a way yeah. to invite others to join you. So it was exciting. Oh my gosh. And I think food and farming and all that is such a way to bring community together. And I think throughout, kind of the theme throughout all the things you're doing is the community support, bringing together of community, and, you know, really providing that. That's one of the main pillars of health is really that social connection. Um, and I think food and farming is what really does that. Absolutely. So um, now for a few fun questions. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) So what does the word nourish mean to you? Oh, I think just that connection. Uh, When you know, for me, I think about my kids. And when I grab pizza from Godfathers, I do not feel like I'm nourishing them. Guilty as charged, I feel like I'm taking the lazy way out. When you're actually cooking a meal from scratch... And you know where those ingredients came from. That, to me, is nourishing. Yeah. And um, what do you do for self-care? Uh, <laughs> In all your free time. <laughs> I love to read. I, I love reading. And, um, and I love being with my kids. I spend time. If I get a day off, I break. Uh, um, I just want to be with my kids. Yeah. I, we go swimming. We go for... Um, trips up to the Mall of America or we, you know, I just, the beach, um, I think water has a big impact on us. So I guess it's normally around swimming, (laughs) but yeah, we love swimming. Um, so who's your shero or your female hero? Oh, guilty as charged. There is a gal in Alma, Wisconsin. I adore Steph Danzinger. She blows my mind. She is if you had to find the perfect mom, um, she just inspires me. She so she's the a beautiful mother of four. Um, she's rocking everything. You know, she's never had a speeding ticket. She's never had a cavity. <laughs> she doesn't drink sodas. You know, it's it's all um, she's healthy eating water, organic, no chemicals in her house. She's got. A positive outlook and she's always willing to lend a hand and um, I can have a bad day and I'll call her and I'll be like oh Steph and she's like Sarah I'll just listen tell me what you need and she just is constantly picking me up um, she worked for me not this past summer but the summer prior and the kids okay. would get together we had the best time when she came out and I just, I look up to her. She's amazing. Um, dairy farmer wife. And oh, wow. I love her. I love her to pieces. I look up to her all the time. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from a woman in your life? Oh, my mom. She tells me, she has taught me so much. Biggest lesson. <laughs> oh, there's so many. Be true to yourself. Um, if you're trying to take on the world, you have to take care of yourself first. Um, being taught self-care, I think, is really important. I'm one that likes to give, give, give. Mm-hmm. And um, and my mom and my grandma have always said, 
you give too much, remember to take care of yourself. Um, so I guess, I guess that would probably be wrapped into something in there. Um, I think that's a wonderful lesson. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, it is. It, it, it's hard when you're giving. As a mom, you always want to be the caregiver. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do for fun or play? And I know we already talked about this a little bit. We did, obviously, being with the kids. I'm also, um, not only the books, but I love cross-stitching. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I've been cross-stitching lately, and I, I've really been enjoying it. I do have a guilty thing, though. I forgot <laughs> how little those little squares are, so I have to use a microscope or a, or a magnifying glass, excuse yeah. me, when I'm cross-stitching now. And so, um, <laughs> darn it, when you get old, your eyes start going. Enjoy them while you can. <laughs> what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, wowzers. Legacy. I want... I, Hmm. Embrace community. I want. I, I, there's so many things that I can think, and so much. I, I. I want my kids to be able to embrace community, to be empathetic and aware. I want my children to be happy and to know that if they that they can think outside of the box. It doesn't always have to be the way that everybody is saying to do it. For example, is our organic farm. Not everybody's organic, but I want them to understand that if that's the reason, if that's something that they are empowered to do, then go for it. And I guess, so I just want to put love and energy and positive vibes yeah. into my kids and in their future, I guess. That's a wonderful legacy. And Finally, what does whole health mean to you? Hmm. I think that, and well, we talked about when you're when you're eating, obviously, and the impact that it has on on local foods, and how what your food has encompasses your health, and in a whole way, and the pharmacy versus the pharmacy. I think that if we put our time and money and our investments into what we're eating today. We're not going to be paying for it nearly as much in the future, financially or through hospitals and clinics. Um, I think that if we pay attention today to what we're doing to our bodies, um, physically, mentally, and emotionally, and through our nutrition, um, we're going to end up with that whole health, and it's going to pay itself forward time and time again. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so I know people are going to love you and love this interview and want to learn about all the things you're involved with. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Oh, I am easily to be reached at, um, well, I'm always at the Farmer's Market, which is every Wednesday from 3 to 7 p.m. and every Saturday from 9 to noon from May through mid-October, late May through mid-October in Wabasha down on Main Street and Allegheny Avenue. Um, I'm always open to emails at sarahlgeorge at gmail.com or they can reach out to you. I'm happy to share phone numbers and and um, I love farm visits. So if anybody wants to come and see the farm, I'm a short four miles out um, <laughs> of Pepin, Wisconsin. Perfect. And I can put all that information in the show notes. 
So thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart for being here and talking with me today. I think you are just a wealth of knowledge. You have more energy than I can ever imagine to do so many things. And you're doing so much that benefits our community, our children, our whole state. I mean, really, both states, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Um, And I just, I think you're just, a pleasure to be around so I'm really thankful for you thanks so much Amy it was a pleasure talking with you thank you so much for listening I hope that you enjoyed this episode we hope that you'll leave us a review so that more people can hear our podcast we would also love it if you find us on social media at whole health radio on Facebook and Instagram We'd love to hear your questions or topics you'd like to learn more about or people who you'd like us to interview. Just let us know. You can even leave us a voicemail on Anchor. And as always, just remember, the information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only. It's not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or condition. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your medical provider.